You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Pesham Yisrael 5782, 2022. This week's Parsha in Chutzlars is Parsha's Pinchas, and in Eretz Yisrael we're going to read in Parsha's Matos. Next week we will finally join, and in Chutzlars you guys will read Matos and Masay, and we in Eretz Yisrael will read just Masay. And it's been an interesting journey, and actually this week I think is quite interesting because there's a connection between the two Parshas at the very end of Pinchas, beginning of Matos, which I wasn't familiar with, and the Ramban brings out. I'd like to share this connection with you and teach you and learn together, really, an incredible idea, which is very uh, relevant to us. The very end of our Parsha, of Parshas Pinchas, we have a description of all of the Korbanas, all of the sacrifices which were brought for the Moyadim, for the times when a Kodesh Baruch Hu meets a Moyed is a celebration of meeting between HaKadosh Baruch Hu, between God Himself, as it were, and the Jewish people. The sacrifices that were brought in honor of this meeting are delineated here at the end of Parshas Pinchas. Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkot, Atzeres, Shemini Atzeres, each of the holidays had their own special list of carbonous sacrifices that were brought to bring the Jewish people together with God, as it were, to join us, to connect us, for us to come to the Beis Hamikdash in the time of the Temple, to the Mishkan, the Tabernacle in the times of the Tabernacle. And there is a part of this uh, description, which perhaps we've spoken about in the past, and I would like to focus on again a little bit of a different angle than we've seen in the past, the very end of Parshas Pinchas, Mamash Mamash, the very end, gives us Bayema Shmini Atzeresti Elochem on the eighth day of Sukkot. The eighth day of Sukkot is a very special day. Sukkot itself is a special time. We sit in our Sukkot, we shake the lulav, but after all of that, the eighth day, we exit our Sukkot, we exit, we stop taking the, the lulav and the esrog, and we have a different set of karbonas. There's like a set. The Korbanos, as is well known, there are 70 parim, 70 bulls that are brought as sacrifices throughout the days, split up, the numbers descending, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9. And on Yom Shemini Atzeres, which is a Chag with Neatzma, it's its own special Chag, it's its own special celebration, we bring one par, we bring one bull as a sacrifice. The 70 as is well known, and we're going to discuss a different angle of this well-known idea, as is well known, there are 70 parim which re- correspond to the 70 nations, and there's a diminution, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, representing the diminution, the, the lowering of the power of the chitzayinim, of the powers that are outside the nations of the world, and there's a Shemini Atzeres on the eighth day that number eight represents the aspect of the spiritual, represents above the natural. We have that on that day of the eighth day, we have a single power, a single bull, which is offered and represents the Jewish people. Famous Gemara and Sukkah, which I made into a song. Par Yechidi Lemo, Uma Yechida. What is the idea of this single bull? It corresponds to the single 
nation, the Jewish people are a single nation. And the 70 represents the big party that the king throws for all of his servants. The single bull represents the small party that he has just alone together with his beloved friend, which is the Jewish people, which is what happens at the end of time. That's the, that's the famous idea, which is also brought by Rashi. We'll see soon a different idea, but I'd like to bring it through to Parshas Matos so we can see the connection and begin to think about a very deep idea. So, the Psukim bring this idea. Interestingly, also, par, there's a parichod, ailechod, according to one of the explanations. We have one bull and one ram. What is the idea of the, the single bull, the single ram? One represents HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God Himself, as it were. One represents the Jewish people. Zele umazeh, they correspond to each other. We find that it's said in our deeper sources, Yisrael v'yraisa v'kudshurichu chadu, the Jewish people, God, the Torah, all are one aspect Somehow, whatever that means. But we have this, this unification occurring on the Shemini Yatseris. Now, the next posuk is very interesting. Right after the description of the Korbanas, the sacrifices of Shemini Yatseris, the eighth day of Sukkis. So, the posuk tells us like this, something which seems unrelated, but it's not unrelated because it's very much related. It's continuation as you can see from where the Samach is, where the end of the section is, where the end of the Parsha is. This is chapter 29, verse 39. These are what needs to be done on your Moyadim, on your meeting times, the Regalim, when we come, to come together to meet with Hashem. Besides the Nedarim and the Nedavis, there are there's an opportunity for the Jewish people at all times to make a nether or an adava, to, to make a commitment to bring an animal as, a, as an offering for us to Hashem, as it were. And that's something that we do generally. We fulfill our vows around the Shalish Regalim, around these three mayadim, these three festivals, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. The parsha finishes off. The chapter breaks are incorrect here, but our parsha breaks, of course, are based on our Masorah, our tradition, which goes back three thousand three hundred years. And there's not a break until after this pasuk, after this verse. Moses spoke to Bnei Israel all of that which God commanded Moshe, and we have this concept of the Nedarim, which is the completion. The, the, the last idea of our Parsha, Parsha's Pinchas, and leads us into the beginning, as the Ramban explains, of Parsha's Matos. Parsha's Matos speaks about Vaidar Moshe Roshayam Matos, the Vnei Israel Emor Hashem. Moshe speaks to the Jewish people, actually to the leaders of the Jewish people, interestingly. And he says, This is the matter that God commanded. Ishki Dor Lashem, when a person will make a vow to God, or Yisrael or if he makes an oath, to create some kind of uh, something forbidden upon himself. That which he says he must do. And the Parsha continues speaking about different types of vows, different people who make the vows, how you can annul the vows. But generally speaking, a person makes a vow, a person makes a promise. He's going to bring a particular sacrifice. He's going to create a certain uh, 
forbidden nature upon himself. He wants to prevent himself from doing a certain thing. So he can make a vow. And in that way, he purifies himself. He makes an offering. A nether, in a certain sense, is an offering to God. You find the concept of Nazir, the person who uh, makes it forbidden for himself to drink wine, to cut his hair, certain things. A person can use a vow in order to make himself more holy, in order to strengthen his relationship with Hashem, in order to strengthen his commitment, that's the right word that we're looking for, his commitment to God. Beginning of Matos, end of Pinchas has to do with vows. What is the idea of vows? What is the concept? What is the depth of the idea? And how does it relate to the concept of the Yom HaShemini Yatseres? What is the idea of Shemini Yatseres? That singular, that, that expression of singularity, of connection between Hashem and the Jewish people, the one nation, the one nation, the Jewish people, a unique nation amongst the many nations of the world, the 70 nations of the world. What is the idea? How does that connect to the concept of Nidarim? To these special vows that a person makes in order to strengthen his relationship with Hashem, perhaps we could say, in order to in order to create some kind of Isser Alatzmai. So I'd like to read to you a Medrash. Another idea which is also brought in Rashi, which needs explanation, and perhaps we can have an understanding through this Medrash, of what is the difference between the Umas Ha'ilam, the nations of the world, and the Jewish people. And how does that relate to the concept of Nadarim? Clearly, there's a contrast, when we speak about Shemini Atzeres, there's a contrast that the Midrashim are trying to draw between the Jewish people as the singular nation, as opposed to the 70 nations of the world, the Umas Ha'ilam. And there are hints to what is the difference, what is the contrast, and how do we understand, and, and what is the approach that we are to take from it. It says a medrash like this. This is the final medrash in Parshas Pinchas. So, when it comes to the eighth day, so we see that there is a progressive, a progressive diminution, like we said, of the korbanos, the, the bulls, starting from the beginning of Sukkot, and then it skips down to one on the eighth day. So, what is the concept? So the Medrash says something interesting. The Torah is teaching you the way of the world, the proper way of being, the proper way of acting from the Karbonis. And I must say, I don't completely understand exactly what is the limud to, to regular day life, to normal life. But in concept and in theory, I, I do have a depth of understanding, and let's discuss that together. We see that the numbers go down. There's a diminution. What is the idea behind it? This teaches you that if you go to you go to to visit somebody, you're a guest. So your friend greets you, and you're a guest there. So the first day, this is what you should expect. This is what you should expect. On the first day, he's going to give you. Wow, the best, the delectable foods. He's going to feed you chicken. He's going to feed you, you know, delicious dishes. 
The second day is going to feed you meat, which it seems like is not as good. On the third day, you're going to get fish. On the fourth day, you're going to get vegetables. On the last day that you're there, the seven days that you're there, the last day is going to give you beans. Okay? So, you see that there's a diminution, and if you're a guest, you should expect that it's not going to, you know, he's not going to bring out his best stuff as the days continue. He's going to continue, you know, he's going to give you the best stuff on the first day, and it's going to get less. That's that's what you can expect. So, what is the idea? What is the idea of this diminution, and that's the way of the world? That's, okay, I understand, I need to expect that as a guest, but what is what is the teaching here? Okay, so that's point number one. Let's hold on to that question. Let's hold on to that point. And let's see the next part of the Medjish, which is a very important point as well. Okay, so the Pasuk says, that the eighth day is going to be for you. Hashem is telling us that the Moyadim, these festivals are beautiful for you. These are special for you. Now the Medjish brings a story which has to do with the Moyadim, which are HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Moyadim, God's, God's festivals, as opposed to the man-made festivals. Sholoi V'Kachavim Echad Rabbi Akiva. A particular idol worshiper asked the following question of Rabbi Akiva, the famous Rabbi Akiva. Why do you continue, asked this particular idol worshiper, why do you continue to keep your festivals. Did not God say, it's a verse in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 14, I hate your festivals, I hate the way that you celebrate your Rosh Chadoshim, your first day of the month. So Rabbi Kiva responded, and he said like this, So, so the idol worship was saying, God hates the way that you celebrate. God hates your festivals. He's found it to be lacking. He's found it to be selfish. He's found it to be that you're insincere. So why do you continue to do this? So Rabbi Kiva responds with a very important response. Rabbi Kiva says, You would have had a valid claim if Hashem had said, My Chadashim, My Moyadim, the festivals that I instituted, the Rosh Chodeshes that I instituted, I hate the way that you're keeping them. But Hashem did not say that. He said, your festivals, your Chodeshim, Hashem was referring, what did he hate? What does God hate? He hates the festivals that were created, Yeravim ben Avot, who was one of the, you know, one of the most wicked kings of the Jewish people, caused the Jewish people to sin, prevented the ten northern tribes from going to Jerusalem to, to, to bring sacrifices in the temple. He created his own Moadim, he created his own festivals. That is what God hated. He created a new festival in Iyar, right? And he created a new festival in Iyar, which God hated. 
and he created this festival in order to bring sacrifices to these to to these golden calves. He created a new altar in Bethel. Terrible travesty. In the month that he created from his own heart. He created a new festival. That's what God hates. God hates the festivals that were created by human beings that are not his own festivals that he created. But the Festivals that God Himself instituted for the Jewish people, they will never, they will never ever be bottled, they will never be nullified. The Jewish people will continue to keep them throughout their long journey through exile, throughout the Gullus, and all the way on to the future time to Mashiach. These are my festivals, the Pasik says. Moses spoke about the Mayadim, the festivals of God. They're not going to be nullified. First says that they are trustworthy forever. They are made with truth and straightness. And that's the very end of the Medrashan Parshas Pinchas. But there's an idea that the Mayadim are a time when we are committed to Hashem's version of reality. We are committed to Hashem's version of the festivals. We don't do it our way. We don't do it based on our understanding. We do it the way Hashem says. We don't create new things on our own. Because God hates the new things that are created by a Yeruvim. And Rabbi Akiva says, when we are doing the Moyadim of Hashem, when we are keeping the festivals of God, that is the center of what it means and that's the center, really, of the concept of Yom Hashmini. We are aligning our will. Parechod, Eilechod. As we said before, one bull, one ram, representing God and the Jewish people. We are aligning ourselves with God. We are becoming one with God's will. Doing the festivals, coming together with Hashem. That's what the Mayadim are. It's this moment of time where we connect to God His way. We bring the Karbanis His way. The sacrifices are brought what's the understanding of all of these different, uh, you know, uh, combinations of animals, different, this amount, this amount, a higher amount, a lower amount, descending order, etc. All of these things represent the fact that we are mavatal ourselves, we, we give up, we nullify, that's our sacrifice, so to speak, in a spiritual sense, in an intellectual sense, we nullify our will to God's will. We do the festivals His way. We keep the Rashi Chadashim His way. We don't try to bring our new, our new ideas and, and put them into the Torah, whether it's liberalism, whether it's all the different newfangled concepts that today are, are prevalent and popular and which are destroying the fabric of society. Right? We don't try to fit our way into the Torah, but rather we fit ourselves we do what the Torah says. We we align our will with Hashem. That's what this Medrash seems to be saying. And that I believe, you know, we could ask, why is it that the Nedarim, it's very interesting, the Nedarim are very much connected. When a person makes a nether, a vow, so there's an obligation to complete that vow. You have three regalim. You have th- you have a set of three of Pesach, Shuis, and and Sukkis, you have that set of time, that amount of time to 
to fulfill your vow. And it's very much connected to the Mayadim, very much connected to the Regalim. And the question is, why? What is the idea? What is the concept here? And we're going to bring it back to trying to understand the contrast between the 70 Parim and the, the visitors. We still need to understand that point. We didn't explain it yet. Why is it that a visitor has to expect that the numbers are going down? The, the type of food are going to go down? What's the idea behind that? So we have here the Nadarm, the vows, right? Because a person, this is perhaps how we could explain it. And how it's connected to the Regalim, to the Mayadim. As we have seen here, the Mayadim represent our, our Ratzon, our will to do God's will, His way. When a person makes a nether, you know, a person can make a vow that will actually prevent him from being able, as the Ramban explains at the beginning of Parshas Matos, you can make a vow that will prevent you from being able to fulfill a mitzvah. For example, let's say you're on a, on a desert island, a deserted island, and you have a lulav and an esrig, somehow you were able to obtain it, there's only one. A person can make a vow, he says, I'm not going to have any benefit from this Lulav and Esrug, he, he makes a vow preventing himself from touching the Lulav and Esrug. Throughout Sukkot, he won't be able to perform that mitzvah. So the Ramban says, and he will be mevatal and asay, he will nullify a positive commandment. But that's using the vow in the wrong way. When the Torah connects the concept of vows to the concept of regalim, to the concept of the Shmini the, the one, the single power, the single aisle, it's teaching us that the vow needs to be used in order to enhance our relationship with Hashem, in order to enhance our connection to God and our commitment to our relationship to Him. That's, I believe, what the teaching is. And that's the depth of this medrash, and that's the depth of the difference between the Jewish people and the Umas Ha'elam, and the nations of the world. We find, for example, that Chazal say to Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, that if a person says, A person says, I'm going to give tzedakah, I want to give charity, on the condition the person has a sick child and he wants the child to get better. And he's giving the charity on condition that God, like he's making a deal with God and the child, that the child must get better and I'm going to give this charity. Or he's making a condition, I'm giving this charity in order that I have a place in the world to come. The Gemara says, He's a righteous individual. Moforshim asks, but what about, or I think it's actually the Gemara itself that asks, what about a non-Jew? If a non-Jew does that, we find that he's considered wicked. So they explain that the difference is that the essence of a Jew is that he's committed to his relationship with God, whether or not his demands, so to speak, of God comes true. If the child doesn't get better, the Jew is going to be matzik esadin. He's going to say, God is righteous. That's the character, that's the innate nature of the Am Yisrael, of the Am HaYehudi, of a Jewish person. His connection to God is unbreakable. But an idol worshiper, uh, uh, someone, someone from the Umas HaOlam, from the nations of the world, they don't have that intrinsically. It's something that they can work on, they can attain, but it's not intrinsic to their nature. And therefore, if they don't get what they want, they give that charity, they could regret giving the charity as a result of not getting what they want from God, as it were. That's the difference between 
the essence of Yisrael, the connection at, the, at their root, the Jewish people are connected to Hashem. And so a neder is something, a vow is something which reconnects us to our connection to God. That's what the Moyadim are. That's what, these are the points of connection. These are the times when we connect to Hashem, which is who we are at our essence. When we see that the 70 nations, there's a diminution. It's a reference to an achsanya, to a guest. What is the concept of a guest? It's somebody who's visiting but doesn't belong there. Right? The achsanya is somebody who's visiting but doesn't belong there. They're not intrinsically connected to the place that they're visiting. And for that kind of person, there's a diminution. That's what the Medjus is saying. At the beginning, you know, you, you treat them to, to, to meat. And then the next day, a little bit less, fish. Next day, vegetables. The next day, beans. Right? There's a diminution when someone is not intrinsically connected. And that represents the Umas Ha'ilam, the nations of the world. And now, I want to just bring it to, to another concept which you're going to hear me talk about a lot. And that is the return to Eretz Yisrael, which represents, this is the place of connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to God. And our feelings should always be like this and that. Like we're supposed to be feeling like we are heading back to Eretz Yisrael. That's the whole entire Torah. Heading to Eretz Yisrael, to the land of Israel. That's the feeling that a Jew should have. That is the feeling that a, that a person should have because they're intrinsically connected. There's a feeling, just like I'm always coming back to Yushalayim, I'm bringing my Nidarim, I have to fulfill those vows on the Regalim, the Moadim, the festivals represent our intrinsic relationship to God, and the, what does Hashem hate? Hashem hates the Moadim that are created and made up. So too, when it comes to our feelings about the nations of the world, we have to feel like we are guests. Always feel like we are guests in the nations of the world, in the lands of the nations of the world. We have to always feel like we're coming back to Eretz Yisrael. We're, we're dreaming of coming back to the land of Israel, to coming back to Jerusalem. We're not necessarily waiting for Mashiach to come and bring us back. We're wanting to come. We're heading back to Eretz Yisrael. How can I get back? How can I get back to that place, which is my intrinsic connection? And that's what the three weeks are about. We're in this time between Shavasa Batamas and Tisha of We're remembering and feeling the loss of the Beis HaMikdash, the loss of that connection. But we have that concept of Nadarm which reminds us where is our focus? Where is our commitment? Where are we headed? We are headed to the Moadim. We're headed to the places of connection, the times of connection to Hashem. And the place of connection to Hashem, which is Eretz Yisrael, which is Yerushalayim, Jerusalem, which is the Beis HaMikdash, the Temple, and which is expressed through these Karbonis, through the Parichad and the Eilachad the single bull, the single ram. I want to bless you and ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us that we should be able to make those commitments. We should be able to recognize the power of the moyadim, of the times of connection. And Tisha B'Av didn't really speak about this at all, but Tisha B'Av is also a time of connection. That time of the Beis HaMikdash's destruction is still a representation of our connection, unbreakable connection to Hashem. Our desire to return, Hashem should Help us to strengthen our desire to return to Eretz Yisrael. Shem should help us to always feel that specialness, to always feel that uniqueness, and we should always be able to align our will with Hashem's will. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.